Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Well, I was on mute the entire time. Sorry. Yeah, oh, like, oh my oh, lord. I'm like, what I did pull, I do? I, I pulled the old mute trick. Every- oh, sorry about that, everyone. I'm talking to myself here. Uh, good morning. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joy O'Connor, Dennis Dick. Uh, end of the quarter here. So we're going to talk about on the show today how that could impact trading uh, at the open or at the close as uh, there could be some rebalancing here at the end of the quarter. We'll talk about the uh, the rally in, in crude here this morning, uh, the reason for that. We'll look at some crude stocks. We have a couple of earnings. Uh, that happened overnight. We'll talk about that. And uh, we'll just talk about this general market here as we just are sort of hanging out. Uh, no no crazy volatility uh, overnight. Um, our, our guest today, Nate Tobik, uh, the complete um, the complete bank investor's handbook, uh, completebankdata.com. He will join the show at 835. Uh, Joel, what's the word here overnight? Uh, you might have spoke too soon there in that volatility, Spencer. Uh, we just uh, kind of fell out of bed a little bit there. We, uh, we're we just kind of trending lower, and then we just took out that uh, the previous pre-market low at 25.95. We 12, fell to 25.88. Absolutely nothing there for you folks. Not sure if we had a 8 o'clock rush on news or selling balances. I don't know what the problem was, though. But uh, there we are. We're down 20 sticks. Night call at 19 here at 25.92. Believe it or not, at quarter to five this morning, we matched the high of the move at uh, 26.34.75. Or actually, it was 34.50. We reached 35.75. I wish I would have been awake for that one. Very low risk short. Now we're, we're reversing course. Not seeing a lot down here until we get to the 25.60 area. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on the S&P futures here at the end of the quarter. Uh, crude, the old undercut and rally trick. Uh, you took out the multiple lows in the mid uh, 2050, 2060 area, went down and made a new low for the move in crude yesterday. But it looks like uh, with the United States and Russia uh, playing nice, nice, you rebounded off that 1927 low, had a strong open, uh, got up into the upper 21 handle, 2189. Uh, not much up there. That's just above Friday's close, but we have begun to give it back. Uh, gold had been hanging out the 1640, 1650 area for a long time. Took out some support, went down to the weekly level, now getting a little bounce. Gold in the red by 2580. Silver up 2.8 cents at 14.16. And Bitcoin, let's call Bitcoin flat on the session. So, Mr. Israel, how are you doing today? I'm um, okay. Dennis, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Hiding in the background. No pre-pre-market show yeah. for me. I'm just coming in hot. You go, okay. <laughs> That's okay. What's you're, up? You're, uh, um, Lisa went on Stocks and Jocks today. What did Lisa say? What, we, why don't, wait a second. Lisa's allowed to go on Stocks and Jocks. She's not allowed to go on pre-market prep. Um, when, she, when are we going to get Lisa on pre-market prep? We have a doctor in the family. And we haven't had her on the show. So uh, I'm protesting. If she's on Stocks and Jocks, she'll be on pre-market prep. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to text her right now. Text and her and tell her we want her on pre-market prep. We want doctors, and we have one in the family. I know, but I'm, we have such a rough crowd in both the – Oh, chat. you're scared of her crowd? Her crowd's awesome. We got it. We have oh the my best God. crowd. We have a way better crowd than Stocks and Jocks. I don't know. Some of these jokers in YouTube. No, and we've got – hey, chat. okay. We're gonna I, I off. Do Honestly, I there's should. one joker, and there's – thousand good people okay so I, 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 I think it's always easy pretty, because we, every every show i just want to talk and i want to clarify this because every radio show you know you look at listeners and it's hard even like, like myself you know you take offense sometimes you know to comments that you see and it's hard but 90 percent of the commentary is good there's always a joker in every room i mean as the room gets bigger there's always going to be one or two jokers but i will tell you the majority of our people in our chat are awesome love you chat we love you chat so sometimes, you know, Joel, take it hard way. I'll take it a hard way when we get one, you know, user in the chat that's given us a really rough time. But overall, 99% of you chat people are awesome. We love you. I, okay. I think Joel is just, just afraid of his world colliding. 
I think that's what it is. <laughs> well, that, well, well, I'm afraid of that sometimes too. Uh, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put her on. I mean, you know, you're not necessarily going to like what she has to say, but I will, uh, I'll put her on. And I just texted her. She uh, just hit uh, the Peloton. So, um, you know, see. Uh, so we'll is see. Lisa now working from home or is she still got to go in the office? Let, uh, no, she's been going in and uh, she made a great comment on stocks and jocks. Uh, she goes, I have a desk job now and I hate it. She has a desk <laughs> job because now she's, it's virtual patients and she just loves. So talking. she doesn't have any physical patients coming into the office. Just, nope. uh, nope. just over the, no nope. too big of a risk. I mean, you know, you have one person um, in your office, you know, that's sick. Yeah. Uh, what, what time do we want her on? So she just, she just said, when Give we'll me bring her today, if she wants to come on today, let's okay. go tomorrow. Cause we don't throw her under the bus here. Well, no, she can come on. No, because she's. Uh, I'll. I'll have her come on. And she want. She want to come on either like in the next couple of minutes or like eight fifty. Okay, I'll ask her. Okay, go this. ahead. You this guys are awesome. We got our first doctor on the show. Have we had a doctor before? Stop. Have we had a doctor before? Uh, we've had the other kind of doctor, the PhD uh, doctor. Okay, we need to get <laughs> more doctors. So Lisa's doctor. gonna. Lisa's coming on first doctor, and that's good. The, the local doctor and the doctor and her family. And I think we start getting into a trend where we bring on more doctors. We're going to start reaching out to more doctors. I've been trying. Yeah, I've been trying. Well, we'll try a little bit harder. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, we, we are, are, we're a trading show. We're not a medical show, so we're not going to focus on. But it's nice to mix it up every once in a while. So, yeah. anyways, I'm in a better mood here. So, you know, I still think you know, the worst is yet to come. But with that being said, um, how's everybody doing? Uh, well, I, I think we're, I, we're in all in better moods too. Uh, I feel a little better, uh, knowing that the Kremlin and the white house have, uh, are, 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 as Joel said, playing nice and, uh, we're seeing a rebound here in energy that, that makes me feel, feel okay. And yesterday was, a yesterday felt like a, a pretty good day. I mean, I'm still with you, Dennis. I think Real the worst is yet to come, but like Real at good least day. for now, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been pretty pretty good out there spencer is here what do you make of this market and i'm gonna ask spencer first what do you make of this market that just continues to basically shrug off bad news here now like i mean it's kind of you know we we saw this for a decade really i mean we yeah we had a few pullbacks you know, over the last decade but really this market has always climbed a wall of worry now it's trying to climb the coronavirus wall of worry because the numbers coming out of New York City are not good. The numbers coming out of the U.S. are not good. The numbers on the deaths um, are not that great. I know Italy's death rate went down a little bit. But let's be honest. If you want to worry about stuff, let's just go through the list. Oil, yes, it's rebounding here this morning. But oil, near the lows. Retail is in a mess. Um, obviously, a lot of industries you know, are looking for a bailout. So you have that concerns as well. Fed just throw, shooting bullets at everything here because of the mess that we're in. And then the biggest worry of them all is the virus. Yet, despite all those worries, especially in the last, call it the last seven trading days, the market is shrugging it off. So it's just just a bounce in an overall bear market? Or is are we back to the good news, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, this market's going to be back at all-time highs by the end of the year? I'm asking well, Spencer first. Okay, so honestly... Uh... Yeah, there's bad news, but it, it feels like it's just like more of the same. And uh, just looking at how it's spread throughout the U.S., it's really bad. We know in New York and New Jersey, For but sure. but the virus hasn't. We haven't really reached like critical mass in any other state, really. Right? I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to minimize, you know, any other cases, but just in terms of of the market's reaction. I mean, it, it's not that bad anywhere else. And I think as long as that remains the case. It just feels like why wouldn't the past week and a half just continue the way it's going in terms of the of, of the market going up, right? I mean, I, as long as we, I feel like as long as we don't, because it felt because like it got so much worse. It, it was getting worse every day, every week for for weeks on end. It was getting worse and worse. It feels like it's almost like leveled out here. You, you know, to the Italy, uh, uh, their their new case rate is going down, uh, or at least it went down uh, yesterday, but. Um, just in terms of how it's spread throughout the U.S., I mean, it, it's really bad in, in a couple of places, and it's it, it's not as bad anywhere else. So that that's me trying to justify why I think the market doesn't seem to really care. See, and I, I'm on the fence. Obviously, I'm still on the bear train, so I shouldn't say I'm on the fence. You know, obviously, I still have a lot of cash, but you know, I'm not totally. 
confident that we're going back to those lows or I wouldn't have been buying some stocks. You know, like I said, you know, yesterday, every, every day for the last two days, I've, you know, I've, I've bought a total of six stocks in the long-term portfolio. So starting to put a little bit of money back to work, you know, on pullbacks and, you know, Peloton, like I said, has got the, you know, it's more the coronavirus play, which is actually working so far. So that's, a, that's got a shorter leash. But, you know, I put Microsoft in there and I put Activision Blizzard in there and I'm buying stocks that I feel like are going to be okay, even if we go down. Um, so I'm not 100% confident that we're going back to retest those lows. I still think we might. I still think there's a lot of bad news to come. But then I think, well, you know, there's also good news to come. I mean, eventually we are going to get some therapies that work with this. Eventually we are going to, you know, hopefully get, you know, a vaccine. Now that's a long ways away, but every time we get news on that, it's going to help the markets up and there's got so many companies working on it. So you can see, you know, reasons to be, you know, not as scared as well. It, it, just feels said, like, it, it just feels like the barrage has slowed down. There was an endless barrage for weeks weeks on end, and it feels like the barrage of it, bad It has. has maybe some reality down. setting in. Obviously, New York reality has set in. In other parts of the world, not so much. I mean, there's still a lot of people going about their business. I had a friend call me yet last night saying, why is everybody so worried it's just the flu? Then I had another friend call me last night and said, COVID is in my building, lives in an apartment building. And they got this notice and saying that there's been, you know, one of the residents has been diagnosed positive and we're taking all precautions necessary, but it's kind of scary when you got an apartment building with a hundred people and then one person's got COVID because, well, where was that person? Probably near the mail room, the laundry room, the elevator. So, you know, two completely different opinions where one saying it's just the flu, why are we not going back to work? The other one's got it in their building and they're scared. And that's, you know, understandable, completely understandable. Like I wouldn't want to, you know, if it was in my building as well, I was living in an apartment building, I'd be concerned as well. So, I mean, th this is the reality that we live in. We have bull and bear debate, not only on Wall Street, but on Main Street as well. So the question is, how does it resolve, at least in the short term? I tend to think we've had a good run up because what you're saying, Spencer, there hasn't been a lot of bad news. There hasn't been that much... Um, it hasn't really gotten that much worse. You know, it's not like, you know, yes, in the U.S., the cases went up. Yes, the death rates or the death toll has went up. But Italy's kind of stabilized. You know, we're watching them. We think we're Italy in a few weeks, so we're hoping we're going to stabilize in a couple of weeks. I, I challenge that a little bit when you see the beach is still packed in Florida. But with that being said, there's still the possibility that we are going to stabilize. We are going to flatten the curve. There's going to be a lot less people that die than, you know, some maybe dire predictions have stated. And maybe at the end of it, we're going to be okay. I'm not getting off the bear train here. Not at all. I'm still, like I said, maybe 75% cash. Now it was 80% cash. So I put a little bit to work. But I still think that there's bad news to come. But they're interpreting the bad news not like they were a week and a half ago, which is the good news for bulls. Does that make sense? Maybe not. Uh, Joel silent in the background. So Joel, yeah, you've been silent here. Sure. Spencer, I think you know hit the nail on the head where you know the news Ripple really hasn't gotten that much more scary than it was a week ago. Um, which I don't know if it's going to continue that way if the cases go up. You, you're you're married to a doctor. We're going to bring hopefully Lisa on later. What what are your if thoughts not today here? tomorrow? Oh, um, she's going to come on tomorrow. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm going to try and grab her here in a second. She's on the um, Let her work out. Peloton. Yeah, me and Joel along. Okay. What what's the most important factor of the stocks and stock market? COVID. There's no doubt. No, I mean the most that that how how do people judge stocks? Future earnings. Yes. Okay. Q2 is going to be horrible. Okay. There's no denying that. All right. Q3, I don't know about. Q4, I don't know about. Okay. So now you know. So you're looking at the main driver of the markets and it's it's earnings okay i don't see earnings being good next quarter i don't you know i don't i i see such a fallout from this just even to the point where we're at that the economic impact is going to be so great it's going to take a long 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 time to recover so i've made some bad predictions before but i, I can't see us going back to all-time highs ever. I mean, we're going to have to totally reshape our economy. 
where people are going to have to, there's going to have to be different jobs created, different professions. There's going to be, have to be a reprioritizing of, of sports. There's just so many things have gone, are being affected by this. So I just, I can't take that rosy scenario at all. And we had a gift rally here. I think this is the gift of gift rallies. And um, technically, we, you know, we match the high of the move. If we get over 26.50 and we close over 26.50 and I'll say, hey, we're making a poke to 2,800. But to me, I don't, I don't see what the driver is. And what has been going on the last couple of days is you got the end of the quarter, okay? And they're anticipating all this money coming in. And, you know, I don't know. Are people going to, you know, keep contributing to their 401ks? A lot of people in the, uh, you know, in a lot of money coming into the market. And that's what the anticipation was. So I think the quarterly inflow is helping. It's helped fuel this rally. But, man, oh, man, oh, man. Next couple of days, I thought yesterday was a big day. And I think today is a big day, too. And I don't like the action right now. I don't like it at all. Why are we selling off here in the last 20 minutes? We come, you know, an hour ago, we're basically flat. Now we're down 35 points. Is there a catalyst here? Um, I've, I've missed the news flow on this recent sell-off. If there is, if the chat can help us out with this, was something well, said. Pel Pelosi's made, Pelosi's made some comments here recently in the past few minutes. Does she influence um, the market, though? She can. Uh, what did she say? No, I don't think anything that she said. She, uh, you know what it is, is? Is she's on TV right now. So uh, I, I don't know if uh, anything she said would be that that market. We're here. falling out of bed because there's really no support in here. I mean, well, we're still I mean, just volatile. We're yeah, choppy. Yeah. Yep. One thing and I will say, okay, so let's go, it's the end of the quarter. This is a huge day for not only, you know, trading, but obviously for money managers because they want these numbers to look as good as they can. Could we potentially rally it back here today, get some window dressing? I mean, the markets are thinner. If you wanted to push the markets higher, this would be the day the money managers would want the market to be higher because everybody's getting these quarterly statements here coming out and some jaws are going to hit the floor when they get these next week. Um, because we're down still significant. I know we're 18% off the lows, but we're still significantly off the highs. It was one of the worst quarters, if not one of these worst quarters in years. Um, obviously one of the worst months as well. So not only the end of quarter statements, the end of month statements. Do you think we have the potential to maybe show some strength here towards the end of the day, maybe get some of these losses back just because it's the end of the quarter? Just talking day trading. There's a possibility. There's a possibility. But I think, you know, when you pull off, I mean, you got an exact double top up there. I, I, th I think you're going to see natural sellers into this rally. And I mean, we kept on going up yesterday. But, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Market just I had some longs yesterday. It just felt heavy. It just, you know, it just, you know, there's creating pockets. The volatility is coming down, which is good. But we got to get over 2650. That's just the way I look at it. And we had a, you know, we had a great rally. I thought we had some work to do in the 2400s. And I still think that. I, I think you easily see the mid 2400s before you see, you know, the 2700s. That's it. I mean, that's all it is. So let's take it over to some individual stocks. We had one big earnings report from last night. It is restoration hardware. It is getting whacked. Retailers have been absolutely destroyed. This is one that has held up somewhat, not even considering, but I mean, it's still a hundred dollar stock compared to obviously Ground Zero, Kohl's, Macy's, Nordstrom's, and a lot of other retailers. I mean, RH has been one of the better performers. It's down 14% here this morning. Spencer, give us the details, and I want Joel's technical analysis on the RH fall. I, I want to look to see. I want to look to see before I give you the number. When when is their quarter end? Um, this is for their quarter ending. Uh, ending February 1st. Okay. That's what I want to look at. Okay. Restoration hardware reporting uh, Q4, the February quarter, uh, adjusted EPS of $3.72, up from $3 a year ago. Sales of $6.65 million down from $6.70 a year ago. Uh, they, I don't believe they gave any guidance that, is, that, that should be uh, noted. So stock trading down. Above 100 bucks, that's the good news. You got these two lows there. If you're just looking 97.11, and then if you go back to two days for that 96.48, so we'll call it 96.48 the line in the sand. You probably get through 100, hit a few stops down there. Maybe people leaning that way, but still holding, 
you know, above those two lows, uh, you'd be a buyer of this pullback on RH, Joel? Would you? Uh, if you want to talk about one of the worst stocks in me calling him predictions. <laughs> I know, we never got this one right. <laughs> we never understood how they sell these, you know, like the stuff that they look like they bought at a flea market for fourth, you know, this couch, $10,000 couch, and, or the table that's got holes in it for $5,000. I mean, I guess people like things looking like antiques, but these aren't antiques. This is new stuff that they make look antique -y. So in any regard, they found a way. The stock, we were wrong about it forever. So I don't know. Uh, and you weren't on. Oh, um, right now. Uh, you, you weren't on when, um, when Chaykin was on. And uh, Chaykin was in there a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago. And he said, I don't know how he started talking about it, but he said, um, he asked them where their stuff was manufactured. And they said, China. So he was like, hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Um, but I, I just wouldn't touch this stock at any price. I, I just, I just wouldn't. I wouldn't touch. So it's probably going to scream not a fan. today. Not a fan. Of it. I wasn't a fan before. Now I'm a fan less. Uh, wow, ninety six forty eight. You haven't hit that yet. Uh, you haven't even hit ninety seven eleven yet. So it's holding up good. It's definitely holding up good here. Uh, but. Man, I guess if I had to like pick a number out of a hat, we got down to seventy four thirty, got to one twenty two, right? No, seventy three was the low of the move. So uh, twenty seven and twenty is forty seven. So like twenty three, the fifty percent retracement, ninety six, ninety seven. That's right with that low. So there's my target, ninety six forty eight. Your uh, March twenty fifth low. And then this Hello? morning, we get Conagra Foods, CAG, and it is lifting here this morning. And the numbers were not that great here. Give us the details. We got a little bit of normalcy here. We're doing a couple earnings. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Conagra, Conagra Foods missed their EPS estimate by a penny, 47 cents versus 48 cents. Sales also missed by a hair, 2.55 versus $2.58 billion. They also have seen, uh, quote, significantly increased, unquote, demand in their retail business, but uh, reduced demand for their food service products, obviously, in the past few weeks. It's bumping. It's rallying. I mean, you got some people a little bit trapped in here, uh, up a buck 77 at 30. I think you made a high just in a couple brackets ago at um, 30.50. Nothing in there on the dailies to call that resistance. So you get through that 30-30, I don't know. I mean, you got up to what the other day? Uh, 38, I keep an eye on uh, 30-82. Ah, that was, that, that was taken out. There's really, if this thing's really going to go today, 31-94 should be your target. Longer food's held up. I don't think food is ground zero yeah. at all, obviously. I bought Kroger in the long-term portfolio for just that reason that I feel like even if the market starts to tank, I feel like some of these stocks are the ones that are going to hold up. Conagra's in the same boat. I think if, you know, the market goes to tank, yeah, it could go down a bit, but it's going to hold up much better than the market. And in some cases, we've seen, you know, these food stocks start to go the opposite of the market. I don't know if that trade is going to happen again, because it's kind of like the hoarding trade has already happened. Uh -huh. But I think do think the food stocks hold up better than some of the other stocks. So not as bearish Conagra as I would be on other stocks. Let's go to the really bad news of the day. A lot of people talking about it. It is Ameren. They had a ruling here, not in their favor, apparently. Stock's down 69%. We're talking AMRN. It's already traded 8.8 .8 million shares here this morning. Yep. What a, a U.S. court ruled that all their patents for uh, one of their for their heart drug uh, are invalid. They get, uh, I think, almost all of their revenue from said drug, and the door is now open for other companies to come in and make a generic version of their drug at a lower cost. So uh, they're, they're obviously going to appeal the ruling, but the ju judges ruled for now that the on this drug are invalid. Huge fall. There is a couple analysts coming out defending it. One analyst was saying this was their worst case scenario and it's going to get appealed and there's still hope here at the end of the tunnel. Um, I don't follow the story closely enough. All I can tell you is back to 2015, 16, 17, 18, we were a dollar to, to $4 basically. We look like we're kind of come back into that range. You must have had, you know, maybe when this all came on the table, you had the big move up there at the middle of 2018, unless that was a reverse split. My chart is not adjusted. Does your chart show that big spike in 2018? Yeah, yeah, it does. So now you it give does. all that back. 
um, yeah. in stock at $4. I don't follow the fundamental story here, so I can't tell you. I'm just telling you what the analysts are saying. There's some analysts that are bearish, some analysts that are bullish, as always. Lots of analyst action. Um, I wrote uh, about this thing. I don't follow yeah, story closely. I, I wrote about this thing a couple of weeks ago, and I just, I was, a, you know, I said, hey, long term trading range, uh, like 15, uh, 22, 23. I, I just, like, it had gone nowhere. And then, I broke the bottom of the trading range. I wasn't following it on a daily basis. It did break the bottom of that trading range. Uh, boy, more than a few days ago. So I didn't, I didn't even have this thing on my screen. So just uh, not a fan of the stock. Wasn't a fan of it back then. I wish I would have kept an eye on it because breaking that long-term trading range, $15 area would have been a nice trade. Uh, someone's bringing in some stock here. There's a buyer. You know, I don't know if they're Four short. Bucks, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean – would I try I mean, is there going to be a pop? Is there going to be a rally on the long side? Yeah, perhaps. But, man, you got just a lot of people trapped here. Um, I don't expect this stock going back, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten bucks anytime soon. Jump over. Okay, so Carnival Cruise Lines looks like they need to do a capital raise. Surprise, surprise. It looks like it's going to be diluted. Stock is getting hit hard here. So we've got a 1.25 billion dollar i believe it was a convertible um just trying to look quickly through they also announced preliminary numbers 22 cents we know those are meaningless because the numbers going forward that are going to matter um convertible notes due 2023 so obviously that's dilutive they're going to do everything they can to stay afloat no pun intended a little bit of pun intended um i'm still saying these things let's look at the action what's happened with carnival and norwegian cruise lines i mean we've had a significant rally in the market and ever since Trump kind of hinted that he wasn't bailing these things out, they've been straight back down and they are not far from the lows. I think there are no touches to me because I'm not sure who's bailing them out. And I think they're going to need a bailout. We'll see how this note goes. This might help them for temporarily if they get some buyers for the note. Hopefully they do. Um, but, you know, at, at a cost, obviously, it's going to be very diluted to the stock. At, at this point in time, uh, it's a little lottery ticket. How, I mean, yeah. How can you buy the stock? It's just a lottery ticket. You're, you're saying if it survives, it's probably, you know, if they can get through this, you know, just diluting a little bit, you know, eventually maybe they come back to, to a certain extent. But with no bailout imminent for Norwegian Carnival or RCL, you can see that the stocks can get hit really hard because they need it. They're, you know, they, yeah, this $1.25 billion maybe buys them some time. But I mean, if, if people are scared to go on cruises for the next year, these companies are all in a world of trouble. So it's tough to be a buyer here, um, at least unless you're just using speculative capital. Exactly. Um, uh, is, you know, as much as I'm not a fan of restoration hardware, I'm, I'm just not a fan of cruises before this. Um, so but a lot okay. of people are. So that's your yeah, opinion. I mean, are. I've been on a cruise once and it was great. I liked it. I would have done a cruise again. I don't know if I'm going to run to do a cruise here in the next year. Somebody was asking, what are you going to do? Uh, somebody tweeted out, what are you going to do when this crisis is over? I, tw I tweeted, I'm going to Disney World, but, you know, I probably won't go to Disney World. But, I mean, I, I will probably do some stuff once we know it's safe, but cruises is probably the last thing I'm going to do. So I think a lot of people are spooked on cruises. This is going to be an issue for them for a while. Um, it might take, you know, if we just even look at Chipotle and not comparing, you know, not comparing COVID to E. coli, but it was really a cup a year or two before people started to get confidence to go back to chipotle even if coronavirus ended tomorrow i think you would be at least a year before people are going to be confident enough to start going back on cruises and that's why i'm no touching any of the cruise stocks so even though so they look cheap chipotle, if you look at backwards here for chipotle this was e coli it was like september 2015 is when it is kind of when it started okay there. And it took how many years? It took it took four years it, for for the stock to get back to the new highs. And they didn't dilute the earnings. They weren't in a cash crunch. I mean, right. a completely different scenario here. You know, we've got dilutive stuff happening now. What dilutive means is they're going to these convertible notes can become equities. So the bondholders can become stockholders in the event that the stock starts to rise, which is obviously dilutive. So this is the problem with a lot of these companies that need bailouts. We've been talking about this. Is this going to be dilutive action? We saw this in the financial crisis. We have precedents for this because we saw it in the financial crisis. We saw AIG get diluted, diluted significantly. We saw Citigroup, Fannie, Freddie nationalized, basically. We saw you know, Lehman Brothers go under, but Bear Stearns get you know, bought, bought out for you know, at yep. $2 originally. I mean, there, 
the, the thought process that because they're going to get bailed out that I'm going to be fine as a shareholder is incorrect in my opinion. The shareholders typically do not get bought out. They typically get hit hard when the bailouts happen because it's the bondholders that really get bailed out first. You know, and those are the, are the companies, even the, and some of the preferred stocks in some cases, but shareholders can take a hit. There's probably going to be more dilutive action to this. And, you know, with more shares out there, that means your EPS in the long run, even if it comes back, is going to be a hell of a lot less. So hard to be buyers here. Uh, and I'm probably see guys sick of hearing me say this, but <clears throat> if you get a chance to take a cruise to Alaska, you know. I always I, wanted to do that one. You got it. I'm so, did you so do that? good. We did that. That would that was the one that I wanted to do always. Yeah, everybody yeah. asked where would you like to Alaska. I always wanted to do that. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Uh, but uh, well, sure, still sure my bucket list, but it's two years out at least. Well, sure I, you want yeah. sure you want to go now. They, they only have a hundred confirmed cases. Everyone wants to go there. Don't go there. It's not safe. Well, they only have a hundred cases. I know, but you're going to make it. People going there will make it not safe for the people uh, that are already there. I'm sorry. Okay. We're not going right now. <laughs> okay. uh, a couple of minutes before we're going to grab our guests, I want to talk about oil here and oil stocks specifically. I've been watching them this morning. Big rally. Rally and some are giving it back. Well, a it was bit. a big rally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's put this in perspective. Worst month for oil in history. Oil down more than 50% this month. This month. So oil, and then the oil stocks in themselves, if you want to look at the carnage, I mean, we can just go to the big guns. Chevron started this month at 100 bucks almost. It's 73. It's probably the best in breed. So when you start to look at the smaller ones, and some of the bigger ones are getting smaller, but, you know, you look at Occidental Petroleum. Started the month up at 30. It's 11 bucks. It's a 66% haircut. You look at Halliburton. Started the month up at 15. It's 6 bucks. It's like a 50 or 60% haircut as well. Slumberger started the month up at 25. It's 13, so it's cut in half. I mean, there's a lot of, and then you start getting the other ones like Rig was $4. It's a buck. I mean, I think that what was said was Pioneer Natural Resources, I believe it was. When I think that was the CEO, and I talked about this. He was on CNBC a few days ago, and he was talking about something like 86 players in the US, and he sees by the end of 2021, 10. That's what he was saying on CNBC. And they were asking, well, is there going to be, you know, you know, acquisitions? Is it going to be, you know, a consolidation? And he did not think so because obviously a lot of these companies have too much debt to take on. So he was basically insinuating that there's going to be a lot of companies going bankrupt, you know, basically flat out saying it. I think so too. I think you're going to see a lot of oil companies. People think there's going to be, you know, there's no bailouts coming for the oil industry, you know, not on the, not on the little ones. I think you're going to see a lot of these companies go bankrupt here because they cannot survive a $20 oil. And let's be honest, demand is not going to fly here anytime soon with under the current conditions. So I got to think if you're going in there and bottom fishing in some of these oil names, some of these weaker oil names, I think you're going to get hurt. I think you could lose it all. I think well, there's going to be a, there's going to be some that survive. Chevron is the best of breed. Exxon probably, you know, probably fine. But the way the stock is trading, I'm not even confident about that anymore. Are the dividends fine? I mean, Chevron, I don't think has like, no, none of these have cut the dividends. I don't think ever. I don't know if Chevron's ever cut the dividend. It's 7% now, the Chevron dividend. Is it safe? I hope so. But at a certain point, some of these dividends aren't safe too. So uh, Just scary. real quick, we're bringing Nate on here in a second. What were these stocks doing even before this crisis happened? Exactly. You're going and you're bottom fishing in an industry that was already- in a secular hurting. decline. And, yeah. um, we, and we uh, talked about it. We, we, we talked, we about, talked about that a lot. We had a lot of people coming on. I've hated oil stocks. Oil, oh, oil stocks. Yep. And uh, that electrification, you know, of, sure. of the world. I mean, that was going before COVID-19. I mean, it, it's there. I mean, electric cars. I mean. They were all, all these oil companies were standing on the ledge of the cliff and COVID pushed the, a lot of them over. And now they're falling and a lot of them are going to hit the ground and crash and burn. For real. That's a, this that's is a really know, good, just the reality of the situation. A lot of these really companies are not going to survive. That's a really good analogy, Dennis. I, I like that. Stand uh, on the edge of the cliff, COVID pushed. Yeah. So All now right. they're falling, uh, and people want to catch the oil companies that's just falling off the cliff. I'll tell you, I'm not catching the oil company that's falling off the cliff. They're, I think a lot of them are going to go splat. All right. Nate Tobik is the founder of CompleteBankData.com, also author of the Bank Investor's Handbook and runs AudibleStocks.com. Nate, let me bring you on here. Good morning. 
Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Good. Nate, uh, where in the Bank Investor's Handbook does it talk about investing heading into a depression? <laughs> that, uh, that chapter is being written as we speak, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's, uh, it, you know, it's kind of interesting. Um, Dennis, what you were just talking about with the oil stocks, uh, you know, it, I think that's a great lead in because there's a lot of these banks that they just concentrated on one thing. And um, I've been looking at uh, banks in Oklahoma and Texas trying to get an idea of who are the most overexposed there. Yep. And similarly, uh, you know, there's banks that are extremely overexposed in New York that own hotels and condos that are kind of speculatively built that are, are people going to be buying those things? You know, what are hotel operators going to do? Um, and so it's, it, it's really uncertain. And I think there's some interesting pockets of value. And I think there's winners and losers, but I think there's going to be an enormous washout with people who just could not imagine something like this ever happening. What, what about, you know, or do you have any names that have a lot of oil exposure here, like on smaller banks? Like we know some of the bigger banks maybe are more well capitalized, at least I hope some of them are. Um, but some smaller banks, you know, we've talked about the oil companies, you know, some of them are going splatter. There's potential here that some of these smaller regional banks that might have too much, you know, exposure to some of these weakened industries might go splat. I mean, so that that's definitely true. And, you know, some of the bigger regionals, I'd say to kind of keep an eye on in, in that area are um, like Frost Bank or Prosperity Bank. Those are large Texas banks, and they have a ton of exposure to oil. Um, CFR. Yes. And, and what's the other one? Uh, uh, Frost P and Prosperity. PB. PB. Yeah. And, and we're not saying, we're just saying they have a lot of exposure, so they have risk here. You know, Correct. We're, yes. We're, we're not saying, Nate's not saying anything that there's an imminent bankruptcy here or anything like that. We're looking at exposure that these stocks could get weaker because of what is happening in oil. And if you look at the charts, these stocks have obviously had very rough months. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, most banks, um, they have it. So the oil stocks, I've, I've also been looking for stocks, uh, some of these bank stocks, and they're smaller community banks that have an outsized commercial exposure in smaller towns. And um, my thought is this is, they, they could die the death by a thousand cuts. So it's, uh, you know, a landlord here with a $300,000 building, a couple restaurants, and those, those sort of things in isolation, it's not a big deal. And they're able to handle that. And, um, but then you start to pile on and you say, whole towns and cities shut down for a couple months. What does that suddenly look like? And uh, so I've, I've been keeping my eye on it. I don't have any specific names in, in that area that I think are, um, you know, kind of look out below, especially because if you look at some of these stocks, so um, there's one locally that I look at the tickers FNB and it's First National Bank. They've been beaten down hard. Um, so they're at about, 50% of book value or so. And they haven't even released any earnings or, or any notes. And this is a, you know, a $35 billion bank. And so the market is already expecting them to just be absolutely destroyed. And so you say, you know, is that going to be true? Are they, are they going to lose, you know, a, a significant amount of their capital? I don't know. Um, but that's a lot of that's already priced in. So if you're, if you're looking at some of these banks and you think that there's still a good short because maybe the, you know, the market hasn't priced in the crisis. Uh, a lot of them are already hammered. So you say, can they go from 50% to 10%? Sure, maybe. Um, but that's a little riskier than someone who is at 150% of book value going down to 50%. Um, so I'd say look for well-capitalized banks right now. Um, their capital coming into this was much better than it was back in 2007, 2008. Um, I also like, I think the bigger banks are the winner here. So I've been picking up shares and things like Bank of America, JP Morgan, uh, because they have a, a nationwide sales network and a distribution network. And they're very aggressive at pricing things and getting out in front of the, the mortgage refinance, which actually I think is kind of a bright spot when, um, when we start to talk about banks. So, uh, you know, home mortgages, smaller value. And there's a, a much smaller spread. Um, the selling these loans, kind of some of the rumors in the market right now is it's almost impossible to get a mortgage. So um, 
investors who are buying these things, they want to verify your income the, the day or the day before you close to make sure you haven't lost your job in that, that intervening time. Um, they want, a, there's a, some new rules around gift money. So if you give your kids some money to buy a house, they want to make sure that you actually have that money six months from now. Uh, there, there's some other things going on with um, the size of the down payments. And so now it's like, you know, put 50% down. All in, this makes a mortgage a lot safer investment for a bank. And there's just this crazy demand to refinance things. So anyone who gets through the gate and refinances, those are good notes to hold. And it's the, it's the banks that have the nationwide presence that already have the sales team that they could ramp up. And, they, and I know they have. They've already ramped this up and they're, they're just doing volume. Whereas uh, someone who's smaller and they're worried about maybe their commercial book, they just, they're caught flat-footed. We're on the line with Nate Tobik of the Complete Bank Data Report. Uh, just stepping away from the banks here, um, U.S. U.S. credit rating. I mean, it. I mean, can it? Can we stay at where we're at? I mean, I, I just that's another thing that's keeping me out, keeping me out of the market here. Well, give me your thoughts on that. I. I... I don't know. Um, I'll say I read a commentary yesterday that um, it was by uh, Horizon Kinetics, and they they claimed that with all the debt we have issued, it is going to become impossible for rates to ever go up because now there's you know 20 trillion or something, and and it can't if the rates went up a percent, it would just absolutely destroy everything. And so they said we're locked into low rates forever. Um, I don't necessarily believe that you know I, I just think if you keep piling debt on top of debt at some point there's eventually too much and suddenly the the risk goes up on that and that becomes priced accordingly um i, I don't think we could keep our our credit rating where it is i ultimately i i think it's going to be knocked a couple notches lower um i think the thing that we have in our advantage is the credit rating agencies are American companies. And so I think they kind of have a soft spot and uh, they might be slow to act on that. But I, I agree. And, you know, once our credit costs go up, suddenly the, the free money till is going to, it's going to dry up. All right. What about, uh, you know, we haven't heard much about Jamie Dimon and uh, he had that heart surgery and uh, back in two, 2016, he made the Jamie Diamond buy, uh, bottomed the market, had a great rally. I know, you know, the analysts for these banks are saying different things, but sure like to hear from him. Have uh, you done any research or any comments from, um, from JP Morgan or Jamie Diamond? No, just, uh, just the same rumors everyone else has heard. You know, he, that he had the heart surgery. He's just kind of at home recovering. Um, you know, I, I just kind of wonder out loud if um, stress was a factor and, you know, the, these are not uh, relaxing times. So I'm, I'm wondering if uh, mm -hmm. someone stole the TV remote or something, you know, keep the stress levels down. Uh, Nate, going back to banks that uh, maybe could be more exposed here, banks that would be on your radar, what sort of metrics would you look at? to sort of to try to identify a bank that could potentially be in trouble here? Sure. So I, I would look at a couple of things. Um, you know, on the show in the past, I've talked about one bank that I, I think is a great short, which is uh, Bank OZK. And I, I still um, am short those guys. And it's, it's come down a lot. Um, it's probably down 50% since we last talked. It's, it has 100% to go, probably. Uh, they they were building hotels and uh, condos that never financially made sense in most of the hot markets. So, you know, they're in um, New York and Miami, uh, you know, a news item, just, they just signed a deal to uh, lend $500 million on a spec built commercial property in Nashville with no tenants. They signed that, you know, right during the crash. So, um, I think they're kind of a ticking time bomb, but really what I'd look for is, is concentrations in things like hospitality, uh, because even if, if we were to all get back to work today, uh, you know, people aren't going to be staying in hotels at the same rate and, and hotels have a ton of operating leverage. And so if you're below that negative operating leverage threshold, then you are losing money. 
And when you're losing money, uh, it's going to be really hard to pay the, the rent and the mortgage on these places. So I think there's going to be some mortgage restructuring in that space, um, as well as uh, if you are able to look and see the, um, the number and the size of the, the commercial loans. So um, some of the, the banks that are more exposed to small business and, you know, kind of along those lines, that, that's much, those are much smaller banks um, because I know when you get to the, the five, $10 billion level, you just can't be making $150,000 loans to a local restaurant because there's just not an, you can't scale that business. Uh, so that's going to be more the community banks typically. Um, and, you know, it just, it's really the, it just depends on if they concentrated coming right into the crisis or not. So what I would look at is um, look for a bank that significantly ramped their commercial lending exposure um, and not their um, secured real estate exposure. So you want to look for someone who is doing operating lines of credit on, on commercial businesses. And they started to, to really ramp that up in the last couple of years. Uh, so it's, you know, the people who are late to the party. Man, uh, Bank of the Ozark could, could probably use some help from uh, Marty Bird from Ozark then. That's huh. the way it's done. I always it think about like. that. I can't, I can't stop. <laughs> Me too. Season three. Season three Ozark is out. I uh, know. I started watching it. Nate, do you, you watch that show? I don't know. Oh, no, okay, do never not. mind then. Reference went over You, you your should head because they, you like watching yeah. Bank of the Ozark, so you should start watching that it's one. A, you <laughs> know, the, the thing I love about Bank of the Ozarks is um, it has a couple signals that you only – you see – you actually see him in the oil and gas patch and um, the CEO, he built a house that he said is so uh, it's so amazing that when he dies, it should become a museum. And, you know, when people talk about their house like that, that that's a big warning sign. Uh, he also was quoted in, um, a, I think it was a Bloomberg article and said that our, our loan portfolio is risk-free. And, um, I, you know, when you're running a, a institution levered 10 times, I would not be kicking around saying that I've, I've got a, a risk-free loan portfolio. So that's, uh, yeah. yeah. Quote, quotes that may not age well for 500, Alex. Uh, Nate Tobik is the investor uh, or founder of completebankdata.com, author of the Bank Investor's Handbook, also runs oddballstocks.com. Nate, as always, thanks for your time and uh, good luck and be safe out there. Thank you for having me. Likewise. All right. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. All right. Uh, the chat's buzzing about Macy's here. Uh, they announced that they're furloughing, uh, I guess, all or the vast majority of, the, of their employees. Uh, speaking of, uh, of dogs here and uh, just companies that were not doing well heading into this crisis, I, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on Macy's here? Uh, oh, I've real had estate. the same thoughts. Real estate. <laughs> no, I, I, and that's all. What's our real estate worth? I mean, that's been the argument all the way down that, oh, they've got so much valuable real estate. Well, we'll see. You can look at those REITs, those real estate REITs, and, you know, you can look at, you know, the, the real estate is falling in value as well. The debt load here is amazing. I've hated this stock from $40. It went down to 16 It went back up to 40 I did not understand that whatsoever. Um, it looks like, you know, the hate is going to be justified here. It's five bucks. I'm not sure Macy's survives. Um, you know, and I think it's going the way of Sears. I've said this for years on the show. Just my, my thoughts, but I think Macy's is going the way of Sears. Um, again, same analogy we can use as we were using with the oil industry. A lot of big retailers were sitting on the edge of the cliff and COVID pushed them over. And is somebody going to catch Macy's? I don't know. Um, Kohl's, Nordstrom. I said if I wanted to own any, it would be Kohl's. I don't want to own any retail, though. Big box retail is in the eye of the storm here. I just can't come on here and say oh i think you know macy's is cheap it's got a 28 percent dividend we know that dividend have they said anything uh, about the dividend on macy's it's got to be imminent to cut mm, the dividend. i haven't seen anything if, on the i, I haven't been following the story closely enough to say if they've cut it or not i haven't heard that they've cut it but at 28 percent, i've got to think it's imminent now yeah, i mean how can I, they... I would think the dividend is going to go to zero or at least be suspended um you it, know and you look at all these coals dividend now 17.94 percent Nordstrom's, Nordstrom's must have, did Nordstrom, I thought Nordstrom had a dividend. They cut theirs too? It's zero it's showing yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. Nord, Nordstrom that was, dead? That was last year, I think. I mean, you can go into Dillard's if you want. It's held up better than any of the others. Um, but man, this is just tough to be a retailer. 
especially again, same story as the oil. You had you know stuff happening, you know, not even you know stuff was happening before COVID. Um, you you had this move to everybody buying things online, not needing the physical store. Amazon eating their lunch. All of that still applies even more in a COVID environment. So the big bills, the big expenses, the rent, the over, you know, just think about how much, how many expenses they have, and they've got almost zero revenue coming in now. How long do they survive with that? You know, it's really tough. Really tough to be bullish retailers. Uh, I don't. I don't think this is I just my just... opinion. I have no I mean, inside I... knowledge or anything on the dividends or anything. But you know, just looking and trying to take all public information, look at the situation here. I would not want to own Macy's. What was the trend in Macy's before COVID nineteen? Down. It's been down for years. Yeah. We've been so... saying like, what are the difference between Macy's and Sears? We've been saying that comparable. And, I mean, and, and, JC, and JC Penny. JC Penny, same story. JC Penny still stock somehow. I don't know. They've been holding on. It's impressive. That's been the longest, you know, <laughs> stock going under forever, it seems like, JC Penny. But I mean, what is the difference? A little higher end stuff, a little nicer store, maybe. But really, at the end of their, they got a, their big mall, they're, they're based, you know, in the, in the malls. They're the big box center, the driver of traffic. I mean, are all malls going out of business? No. Are all big stores going out of business? No. There'll be some survivors, but you know, from the charts, it looks like Dillard's is in better shape than Macy's. At least that's what the market's saying. All right. Let, let's find. Retailer. Yeah. All right. Let's find something that that is a little bit more positive. And yeah, we're kind of being negative. Besides, besides retail here. Um, I well, that you know that that OMI kept kept running. Yeah, uh, it's still running actually this morning. <clears throat> Amazing the power of Kramer. Yeah. So love him or hate him, this was a Jim Kramer kickstarted rally. CEO comes on, mad money. It's not on anybody's radar. Comes on for an interview, and they're making what is it? Masks? What are they making? You know, they're making. Uh, they make they they make hospital supplies. They make making like, hospital think, supplies, I, I thought, but yeah, it wasn't on. Made, it like, didn't seem to be on anybody's radar because the stock had not you know been a COVID play, and all of a sudden comes on. Mad Money and the stock has basically doubled. I tried to short this thing off the Mad Money pop, and I was like, after the action yesterday morning on the open, I was like, no, they're going to continue to buy it. So I covered my short. Thank goodness, I shorted off Mad Money. That's why I didn't talk about it yesterday. I knew, I knew you were short. I shorted off Mad Money. I thought this was ridiculous. It got up to seven dollars and fifty cents. I got short between seven twenty-five and seven fifty. It says that it opened at six oh six. I'll tell you, I do not believe that was the opening print because I had an order to buy it on New York on the open and it, it got me out. There was a little bit of stock to trade down there and then it hit limit up. It was kind of a mess. So I don't know if anybody got it at 606. I don't know how they got it. Um, so anyways, and then it reopened in the low sevens. So that's where the real open really felt. So I know you look at this chart and you say, oh, you could have bought it at 606. I had an OPG opening only order on New York to buy it. Um, at $7.25, so I should definitely have been filled at 6.06 if it opened there, and I did not get filled. We called down to the floor, actually, even on that, to say, why were we not filled? Who'd you call? Who'd you call? Uh, you, we call your broker. <laughs> we, call, we call Ready, and then they investigate it. Um, and the, 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 the coming back, and then they, they'll talk to Goldman on it, because Goldman clears it. And um, they just said, you're not guaranteed, the, guaranteed it. Um, but I'm not even sure. The, the print was only 40,000 shares, and it traded so much stock. I think that, you know, that was just a weird open. I don't understand what happened there. I still don't understand it because they didn't give us an answer. So it says it opened at 6.06 yesterday. I do not believe that was the case. There was very few shares that traded there. Um, so uh, it was really, if you wanted to co get it covered, you had to cover in the low sevens, which is what I did. I, I watched it for a minute or two. And I was like, this isn't coming in. You could just tell by the trading action that this is going to squeeze more. So I turned around and covered and basically scratched the trade unbelievably. And it just kept ripping. And it's ripping again here this morning. And you've got people that are just like, this is not making sense. This is, you know, it's now all of a sudden a COVID play. So I was like, I don't want to be on the other side of a, you know, a hot COVID play. So that's why I covered. I could tell, I could tell you were short, you know, because it had the pop. Uh, no the way I'm be long. Pop, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, <clears throat> so things. when I was doing the levels on it, I'm like, well, if it takes out that pre-market high, we're going to, you know, and I, I this was like. I was to, very nervous on that one. Yeah. I was I short it and I was nervous on it. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and luckily, like I said, you know, I was able to scratch out the trade because it continued to go after that. It's continuing here this morning. So glad, glad I covered the short.
Sometimes right. you just gotta, you know, you just gotta have gotta a plan. Gotta eat it. You just if gotta not, eat it. What, uh, if you're fading Jim Cramer, you want immediate gratification. Like the next morning, you want to see like real supply start to come in. You know, when it doesn't, and then, you know, you think, oh, you know, this is getting some media attention. You know, some other people are talking about this on Twitter now as a COVID play. It's like, yeah, no. So, you know, Jim, Jim <laughs> you know, and, and, and Jim's going to say, you know, when he talked about it at 550, I'm not sure he's talking, you know, go buy it at 750. It, it just got crazy. So, you know, I'm not saying, you know, you fade Jim Cramer all the time. I'm just saying when the move, when Jim Cramer, you know, talks about something and the move's ridiculous, I'll fade it. Um, I felt the move was ridiculous. I still think the move is kind of ridiculous, but the market was telling me that I'm wrong in the short term. I get the hell out. All right. Uh, someone's asking about Trump was ta uh, touting Teva and Abbott yesterday, uh, last night. Uh, Abbott had that ridiculous move. It did come in. It's back up 226 today. Um, I don't know. I, 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 if it takes out yesterday's high at 84.40, then yeah, I think you got a shot here. But um, I don't know. I think it's kind of like old news when it's trading on. Tava's up a whopping uh, 20, uh, 25 cents at 8.76. Haven't looked at the Tava chart either. Remember, it's an ADR, so it's already yeah, priced in. And there could be the Amarin. Is, is, there's a lot of you know things going on with the generics here this morning, especially after the Amarin thing. Yep. Um, I'm not following the story closely enough. I'm just saying, you know, I don't know if there's a relationship there or not. Um, going back to Abbott Labs, uh, I think it's a sell. Uh, that's my opinion. I think the rallies are a sell now. So I, I thought the move was ridiculous up to over $90. It's yep. come back here. You know, could they come out with more good news? Sure. But this was like their good news. And it popped significantly on it. And it faded significantly. Now you get another pop because why? Because the stock was talked a little bit about Trump, but it was on mad money again last night. And Jim Cramer, you know, pumping it. Um, I, I believe this is a fade. Um, just my thoughts, but I think sure. it I, I, eventually I, start to yep. come back down. Again, you know, if it starts to look like it rips, you know, you've got to be able to turn your opinion quickly as a trader. You want immediate gratification. So right now I can tell you there's a huge buy imbalance, which it could push it higher here from where it is. It's 604000 to buy. Projected opening is 88. Those don't mean much because sellers are going to come in. Sure. Um, so it's 8165. There's no way in the world's opening 88. I'd be shocked if it opened over 83. But right now it's a big buy imbalance. With that being said, I think I might even try this one near the open here. I might even try to fade this. If it starts to come in off the open, you know, after the first minute or so, then you feel like you're on the right side of the trade and you maybe ride it for a bit. If you try to fade it and it starts to rip in your face, you know, you're on the wrong side of the trade and that's when you got to scramble to get out. So I'm looking at this one as a potential fade though. Fade uh, before uh, we were just talking about Abbott ABT there. Uh, Robert Binger wants us to talk about the consumer confidence report coming out at 10 a.m. today. Uh, I mean, how could it be good? I mean, you know, how much is the market factored in that it's not going to be good? I mean, people are losing their jobs. How are they going to be confident? Um, you know, it's a kind of thing. It doesn't matter, about, though. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I don't know. And then you got the jobs number on Tuesday or on Friday. So, Man, those are I've never really played job, numbers the, like jobs, this. The jobs number the, the jobs number will only partially reflect the the uh, COVID uh, effects of uh, COVID nineteen. The number I would be watching again this week is initial jobless claims. Is it worse than last week? That's what that's Thursday yes. thirty. That's yes, what I would watch. Be. Consumer confidence uh, will be important, uh, but we know it'll be bad. So. Jump over to imbalances here. Sure. They're actually, I feel like they're I'm just looking they're at a picture buyers. of like 20. There's a lot of buys. Yep. I get There's a lot of buys. The big ones are Johnson Johnson Abbott Labs. J&J continued to move yesterday. It's continuing to move here this morning. It's up another $3. There's 439,000 shares to buy. So it's getting a nice lift. I think eventually Johnson Johnson is going to be a sell too, but it's got room to 140 here. So yeah, if it's up near 141, move. 142. I might actually try this for a fade as well. I mean, the wild card is, you know, as they come out with more news, these things, you know, this is actually, you know, they've been getting a lift from the virus. There's not a lot of stocks that get a lift from the virus. Some of these Abbott Labs, Johnson Johnson are actually getting, you know, a lift from the virus. Disney has 105,000 to buy here this morning. It's interesting because the stock is trading down. Uh, ExxonMobil, 318,000 to buy. We know oil's trading higher, so a lot of your oil stocks you know, despite the oil giving up back some of the rally, a lot of your oil stocks are trading higher here this morning as well. That's about, that's about the big ones. That's about it. Johnson, Johnson, Abbott Labs, Disney, big buying balances. 
A couple more headlines uh, that were on my radar we didn't get to. The uh, gun stores were declared as central, uh, classified as essential businesses. Thought that was interesting. Visa that gave some numbers yesterday. Visa said that it, the, from March 1st to March 28th, so uh, uh, until a couple of days ago, U.S. payments volume uh, for Visa fell 4% year over year, which is actually doesn't sound that bad to me. So uh, Visa's holding up here this morning. They gave some more numbers as, as far as uh, credit and debit payments and cross-border volumes, volumes, but I thought the U.S. payments number down 4% uh, was actually not that bad for March. Uh, that's it for us. Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40. I want to thank our guest, Nate Tobik, and everyone in our chats. You can always catch the podcast of this show or the replay on YouTube. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Be safe out there. And Joel and I will be back at 3.40. The whole crew will be back tomorrow at 8 o'clock.